Welcome to Queerly Forward, a podcast that explores queering our healing through pleasure, holistic well-being, and collective liberation. We are your hosts, Bex Lips and Morgan Vanderpool, two queer neuro-spicy therapists and community builders co-creating conversational containers for co-liberation. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. What does it mean to queer our healing? Endless possibilities. What does it mean to queer our healing? Letting wild nature lead. Come with your questions, come with your magic. Come, 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 come. Hi there, Bex. I'm excited for our conversation today. Oh, I'm tantalized. <laughs> we are talking all about pleasure. Yes. Our intro, the first layer of the many, many, many conversations to come. Absolutely. Ha, pun intended. Hey! <laughs> nice. <laughs> we will be sprinkling jokes like that. That's what that that's what they said kind of joke. Oh please. Yeah. Pun puns intended. Yes. Yes, please to pleasure. <laughs> please is in pleasure. Mm. All the letters are necessary. Anyhow. Yes, please. Ooh. Oh, oh okay. Uh -huh. Yes. I love this. <laughs> so my the first time that I heard this particular song sung to me specifically Ooh. for my name. Ooh. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. But my friend sang to me, let's talk about Bex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. And this is just like so appropriate. Okay. Ple pleasure moment of like me loving on my name <laughs> since that, that was relevant. I used to like say, because like Bex is kind of an uncommon name. So I would be like, Bex, it rhymes with T-Rex. But now I'm not afraid to say Bex rhymes with sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, eh, -deh. Eh -deh. <laughs> Let me introduce myself. Bexual healing. Mm -hmm. My Instagram handle. Anyway. Oh, pleasure. Mm. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to start off this episode by bringing in one of our teachers, um, who is Adrienne Marie Brown, mm -hmm. um, specifically the book Pleasure Activism. Such a juicy book, y'all. It's wise as fuck. Oh, it's so wise. It's so it's wise. So wise. Um, yeah. Mm. So th this book has been like really transformational and for me in so many ways. Just on being. It's a but. It's one of those books too that you can return to again and again and again, and you get something new out of it every time. Oh, oh my gosh! But I just I really appreciate. Um, Adrienne Marie Brown situating pleasure within the realm of 
activism. Yep. Um, so I wanted to read a little bit um, about what how Adrian Marie Brown defines pleasure activism because that's going to be like a just a foundational concept for and set of practices for our work in this podcast, our work in this being alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> how I want to orient myself to being alive. Yeah. Um, and how cool. Adrian's inviting us all to yes. do that together and for one another. So yep. I'm so excited to hear this read. Eee! Drop okay. in, y'all. And yeah, I'm I am restraining myself from just like reading this whole book to you all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, go, go buy the book and just okay, and then we can talk about it. Great. So anyway, what is pleasure activism? <laughs> Pleasure is a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. Activism consists of efforts to promote, impede, or direct social, political, economic, or environmental reform or stasis with the desire to make improvements in society. Pleasure activism is the work we do to reclaim our whole happy and satisfiable selves from the impacts, delusions, and limitations of oppression and or supremacy. Ultimately, pleasure activism is us learning to make justice and liberation the most pleasurable experiences we can have on this planet. Whew. Let's go. Yes. Just taking a beat to just like let those words soak into my bones Mm -hmm. and reading them out loud actually like has so much more of a impact on me than just when I was like reading Mm -hmm. the words like before Mm -hmm. the episode so I feel like it's important to address and and Adrian does in this book around um you know people make assumptions about like, well, if you're all about pleasure, then you're just like hedonistic and like, you know, Mm. pleasure seeking. Mm -hmm. And it's like this, like Mm self-indulgence, like painted in the negative. And I like what is really clear to me is, um, well, first of all, like, so what? Um, like can we can we not like be seeking pleasure and like it's so much more than that as we're gonna get into like pleasure is about so much more than pleasure Mm -hmm. and just joy Mm -hmm. it's like really about allowing ourselves to like access the full spectrum of Mm -hmm. human emotion our capacity for feeling and Mm -hmm. like being alive um but also just like to name that um The work of activism is so important and necessary um, for us to be part of movements that are um, challenging and dismantling systems of oppression. And that work is struggle. That work is so difficult because people's lives are on the line and it's really serious. And... If all we are putting our energy and focus on is like struggle, 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 pain, 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 suffering, Mm -hmm. we're never going to like, we're going to be stuck there. We won't live long enough to see the fruits of our labor. Exactly. 
Exactly. So like, how can we experience moments of liberation Mm -hmm. now, these moments of pleasure now, knowing that like there is a lot of pain and suffering and oppression still actively happening in the world. And, you know, we're (laughs) coming back to our like our yes and as so many things can be true simultaneously. There is the possibilities of pleasure and joy and like embodied liberation in the moment are Mm -hmm. so expansive, like so limitless. And we deserve access to that now, Mm -hmm. not later. Yeah. Um, It's important for our, like our well-being, our survival, our thrival for sure. And, um, and our society is just like pleasure phobic. Yeah, pleasure doesn't like heed the the needs and desires of capitalism's production um, or colonialism's extraction. It mm-hmm. completely allows us to opt out of compliance with those systems, and it requires an opting out. Yeah, which is so cool, like behaviorally speaking. Like I want to go into like the the nuances of like moments we opt in and we opt out, and whether we mm. go to here right now. I just want to like plant that as a seed for conversation today on like what opting out to then opt into the things that we need to sustain yes, and to thrive, like to invest in our thrival. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a reallocation of resources from orienting towards st- change and the changes that are necessary for our survival and thrival, like orienting from a place of only noticing how painful it is mm. to noticing what are we replacing it with? Like yes. we do have to tear down the painful. We do have to deconstruct it. We have to get, you know, bone deep into like the shards of the fuckery mm-hmm. and so we were navigating like how do I tolerate my pain pleasure balance mm. in a way where my body stays here as possible um, and so for some of us who have been fighting and doing most of the labor that opting is to opt into rest mm-hmm. and what does it mean for those of us that may not have been laboring to the amount that we have needed to because of how we've been protected by systems of oppression mm. how do we opt in and teaching folks who have not engaged in systems of pain because they've gotten to be protected mm. by the lack of melanin in their skin, the way that they walk around on two feet, the way that they speak, like they've been highly educated. Like we now have to yeah, introduce access, the how access do you, to resources. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. How do you how do you access pain in a way that propels you forward rather than puts you into a freeze response? Oof. Like questions like that all come mm-hmm. down to literally it's it's rooted in how we find pleasure in our body sensations in the present and know how necessary each one of them is Mm. and how much they all play a part. Yeah. Um, And if we've excluded pleasure and since we have societally because of how religion and all of that stuff says and capitalism says, no, you don't have enough time for feeling. You just have to do, do, do Mm -hmm. Um, to be one with God. You need to not feel your eroticism like, (laughs) Um, you know, we, you know, renegotiating our relationship with those systems like requires us engaging with some sort of pain, pain of like yeah. noticing what we've numbed out from. And anywho, I could spend for a okay, long time. Also, the, for a minute, though, like when we're talking about religion um, and specifically like Christianity <laughs> um, is it's not exclusively Christianity, nah, uh-uh. uh, but that's the one on my brain <laughs> lately <laughs> is not only like you can't access your eroticism, but like you are bad for it. Oh yeah, you'll, you're, and so you're the at risk for it. That, you're at risk for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the shame that that has instilled in like the collective body mm-hmm. 
is really, it's a really deep and, and painful wound. Side note. Okay. So, you know, little free libraries. <laughs> what the ones are like around your neighborhood? Yeah. 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 yeah so totally. I, if you, do, if you don't know what a little free library is this thing, I, I, that probably exists other than the Pacific Northwest, but that's the only place I've ever seen it. Um, anyway, just like little, like they're like tiny bird houses of books where you can just like take a book, leave a book. Um, you find them around the neighborhood. And I found a copy of the New Testament in one of them. And I was like, it was funny. I was like, I've actually never read the New Testament as a Jew. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Get <laughs> so it. I picked it up and I like started reading it. Mm-hmm. And like, listen, like what I'll say is like, I do believe that like all religions like have some seed of truth and yeah. like, but like, damn, the shit that I was reading is just like, you know, that like not only like heteronormative, but like so like punitive towards yeah. like, I mean, lots of things, um, but but sexuality definitely being one of those, like any kind of healthy sexuality and then let alone like queer sexuality, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you go to hell. Like, like we all are, babe, like see there, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a party. You know? <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so. Tiny religious tangent. <laughs> Tiny religious tangent. Um, but but the realism around this is like we're when we're talking about pleasure, we're like what one of the elements. There's many, many, many elements yeah. we'll get into over time. But the our access points to pleasure tend to ride along with risk, like right up next to it. So like in the yeah, sense, I'll say more about that. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. So if we're extrapolating from the context that you were just talking about in regards to like how different forms of patriarchal religions across the world from all different sects, mm-hmm. right? The, um, the underlying tone of it is that your eroticism is a threat. Mm. Like your sensuality, your sexuality, your power as a human, the way that you might move in accordance to some other rules besides that of whatever doctrine or dogma is being presented within that particular yeah. religion. Um, and so to feel yourself in your fullness in many times in life has meant death, mm. particularly for those of us that have held wombs. Mm-hmm. Like we are subject to crucifixion. We are subject to beheading. We are subject to hanging. We are subject to being burned Burning. alive. <laughs> so that lives in our soma, right? Uh. Yeah. And any of us that carry a lineage that have held some level of like forced labor, mm-hmm. um, wherever your body, your lineage has held that across the world. Like if you weren't laboring and you were doing something for your own pleasure, that would also be equated mm. to punishment or death. Mm. Um, so yeah. like our bodies understand very, very real mm-hmm. deep in our bodies that if, if we do this, we risk something. Mm. And like that's where it's like pleasure rides up with risk because it's our risk tolerance that we're negotiating on being able to like assure how much we can connect to our aliveness. Mm. Um, I, in my body, like carry that if I prioritize my own pleasure, my own rest and my orgasms, there's a part of me that's like, and the orgasms with the people who I want to have them with, mm-hmm. um, in my queer, ex- <laughs> definitely including myself in my queer existence, yeah. there's somewhere in my body that's like, that's not allowed mm. deeply, deeply. That's not allowed. It's not allowed because you need to be producing. It's not allowed because that's not the person you're supposed to be with. Like, and so un, unbridling ourselves from those expectations about being able to be like, I'm going to risk it. I'm def- I'm going to risk. It's ex- worth the risk. It's so worth the motherfucking risk for me to exist. 
in my fullness because my consequence of choosing to let risk limit my existence means that I continue to mute myself. And the more I mute myself, the more that I make myself ill. I make myself less accessible for relationship. I make myself less accessible for living my purpose here on this life, like on this earth. Yeah. I feel like there's a whole nother conversation to be had here Mm -hmm. about risk. Yep. And like that we all have different levels of risk tolerance and like that's okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we, for better or for worse, we can't like control other people. Mm -mm. But it's so interesting because we are and have been controlled by like larger forces. Mm -hmm. So it's, oh my gosh. Okay. No, honestly, like parking that away for, Alrighty. for uh, a- another episode to expand upon but in in the context of this conversation like there are some real risks you know in being live <laughs> and so like and so safety is is mm, something mm-hmm. that's really important to consider and especially when we're talking about like can I access pleasure s- safety is is a pretty important like foundation. It's, neuro- it's neurologically required. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 can't really <laughs> be like enjoy something that's like pleasurable if you don't feel safe. Safe enough. Enough. Thank yeah, you. we were getting into this before this episode. Yes. Safe enough. Always Ooh, yeah. together. Because that'll lead us into a whole nother tangent about like safe spaces, quote unquote, and like which we'll talk about. And are any of us safe on this planet? Like exactly. let's go existential yeah, yeah, for a second. Yeah. Safe, safe enough for this moment for your body safe to be able enough. to like be in your parasympathetic nervous system, to be in the part of your nervous system that knows that in this immediate moment, I am well. In this immediate moment, I am welcome. In this immediate moment, I am okay enough to be here. Yeah. That's what we're seeking, like, and cultivating that for ourselves. Yep. And for the people that we're in relationship with. And what we need to measure in regards to what is safe enough mean is exponentially increase depending on the number of systems that your body isn't safe from. Mm. So we do have to do individual math depending on who we're in relationship with on like what we're calculating for, for how to make spaces safe enough mm. and relationships safe enough to yeah. be able to access pleasure. Um, and part of that is understanding the way that like systems of oppression like show up interpersonally. Yep. That feels really important to acknowledge, you know, like, how does the system of patriarchy mm-hmm. show up mm-hmm. in our like in individual mm-hmm. responses, actions, behaviors mm-hmm. um, that can be honestly people of any gender, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and, you know, et cetera, like other systems. But like I, I feel like patriarchy is a really important critical one to name in the conversation around pleasure and sex and and bodies Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah yeah and and every ism so racism comes along with you know uh, you know any ism so patriarchy is a form of an ism it's right you know um and then each of these isms there's expectations of what bodies are for and who's capable of what and like 
how you're supposed to either be in relationship with me or not be in relationship with me or like what I expect your body to be capable of. Mm. Um, and so like our first line of like accessing our own pleasure is to examine how we've internalized any of those systems on like what are my expectations of my body mm -hmm. and where do they come from? Are right. they really my authentic expectations of my body mm -hmm. or are they somebody else's that they found to be valuable about me? And because they found it to be valuable about me, I've then internalized that that's of value. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ooh, we got to the place where like our values and pleasure align. I wanted to get here. Nice. Yay. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Very exciting. Well, this is why sex education is just so fucking important. Which is why they've kept it out of the schools. Because yeah. what if we all knew this shit? Because it's not, you know, like, <laughs> then this is another place that I wanted to go here is just like, pleasure is not only about sex. Bingo. Pleasure is not only about sex. Bingo. And... Because part of this, right, is like even just like understanding our own bodies and how our own bodies work and how other people's bodies work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just like we need basic education around that and we need to be able to like have conversations around that. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, as I, as I said, like there are so many ways to access pleasure outside of sex and it's important that we talk about both I think oh yeah you know um like you know pleasure can also be the way that you enjoy your coffee or tea in the morning mm -hmm. you know the like putting on a fabulously like soft coat mm -hmm. and just like feeling the textures it's just <laughs> a, I pet their upper arm it's like, yeah it's mm, <laughs> I, I'm imagining my, my beautiful coat yes, yes, yes. stroking <laughs> <laughs> so actually I think this is a good moment to like bring in um another wise teacher that mm, is yes. present in the pleasure activism book. Um, so the very first article after the introduction or essay um, is uses of the erotic, the erotic as power by Audre Lorde. And this essay is very oof. <laughs> it's very oof, oof. oof. And like, poosh. so highly recommend reading the whole thing. Um, but I just wanted to highlight out this one quote. So talking about, um, the erotic. So Audrey says, the erotic is a measure between the beginnings of our sense of self and the chaos of our strongest feelings. Mm. It is an internal sense of satisfaction to which once we have experienced it, we know we can aspire. For having experienced the fullness of this depth of feeling and recognizing its power, in honor and self-respect, we can require no less of ourselves. Hmm. Oof. Thank so you, what like what I get from this quote is essentially the erotic is about experiencing the fullness of being alive. Mm -hmm. And like a certain depth of feeling that is our like birthright as humans to be able to access mm -hmm. and it includes 
pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it includes a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it includes honoring our grief, our rage, yeah. our our love, our 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 eros. It's yeah. Every, every, every part of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What was the, the, our chaotic selves? Or what was the piece of that? Reread oh, that yeah. part. Reread that part. I need it. It's, um, the erotic is a measure between the beginnings of our sense of self and the chaos of our strongest feelings. The beginning of our sense of selves and the chaos of our strongest feelings. Oof. Yo. Can I circle around to something you said earlier? Yeah. Um, so if, you know, from a liberatory standpoint, which is what we're operating here under Queerly Forward, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to access pleasure, we do have to renegotiate our relationship with shame. Like Mm. shame is a shutdown button, like major shutdown button for our bodies. Yeah. Drink a little bit of water. Do it. I'm going to do it too. You too, listener. Drink some water. Drink some water. Hydrate that body. <laughs> let the fluids flow. We care about you. We want you to be we moist. We want you to take great care of your body. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we do. We really do. We actually, like, deep down into our bones and soul, we do. Yeah. Drink up. Yeah. <clears throat> it's so it's so hot when you take care of yourself. Ew! <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, to all of my partners and my future partners, that is it is the hottest thing when you take care of yourself. Oh, turn me on. So that we can take care of each other. Turn me on. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So sexy. So sexy. So sexy sexy of you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So like this is an oversimplification of shame, but I think sometimes we need to take things that like shut us down into like complex webs of immobility and like detachment that we need to figure out like a simplistic thing that we can pull ourselves out of that space. So like our bodies are capable of sensations, right? Like that we are a sensate being, we're constantly feeling things like, Mm -hmm. and there are sensations that we just naturally feel without thinking. Most of our feelings are feelings without thinking. Yeah. (laughs) And so as we're like, you know, these little beings that are figuring out what it means to like move and be and like relate to this world, we'll naturally experience things. We'll naturally notice what makes us feel good and we'll naturally notice what, you know, it's not desirable for us to be around. And Mm -hmm. so there's a whole host of, um, I'm not going to require my memory to be exact here, um, but I will (laughs) say that like pleasure is kind of like at that primary space is like our body knows what we like. Mm. We should know. Totally. We know. That's a pretty like it, like immediate response. I like this. I don't mm-hmm. like this. Yep. And it's uh, and it's self-protective know. to either be disgusted by something or to like it mm-hmm. um, and to be like drawn towards. Yeah. What happens though throughout our life is that we like have those innate senses and then we get all these, uh, you know, and that we'll call that your primary sensations, your primary yeah. emotions. You know what feels good. Yeah. Then when you find out what feels good and you start trying it out, then you get and you externalize your pleasure and you show what you uh-huh. like. You get messages on whether that's allowed or not allowed. Yes. Um, we only experience shame when we feel that a sensation that is natural to our body and then we have a message that it's not allowed. Right. That's the only way. That's the that's the equation of shame. Yeah. So like the antithesis of shame, the way we debunk it and we, we break it down is that we take the time necessary to say, like, thank you for that thought for trying to protect me. Mm. You've done your job. Mm. 
thank you. Now, original feeling that I liked, how do I make myself safe enough to have access to that as little or as much as possible so that I can remind myself that I'm alive? Mm. And the more we just stay in that practice, literally with every breath of like, thank you, survival response for letting me know that that wasn't safe enough to do at one point. Right. What is this thing that I desire? What is this thing that I'm attracted to? What is this thing that feels good? Yeah. How can I approximate myself to it, to the mm. safest capacity that I can in this moment? Yeah. Um, and we just keep getting more and more proximal, closer and closer and more connected to that thing that like helps us feel alive so that we know that we can say yes to us and yes to our existence. And when we say yes to us, we also give permission to folks around us to be able to say yes to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the co-creation of why mm-hmm. the self is so necessary in yeah. collaboration. Yeah. Because if I'm not willing to do that work for myself, then I'm consistently going to shut down your joy. I'm going to yuck your yums. Yep. And I'm going to make it that you don't feel like you're safe enough to be here. Right. Any sensation, right, from pleasure to grief to et cetera, mm-hmm. if I'm not giving myself the opportunity to be in proximal relationship to my natural sensations of existence I'm going to shut down that process for somebody else yeah so we debunk shame and we keep ourselves in the game of like accessing pleasure for connectivity for aliveness for like our longevity yeah through we gotta say thank you to our survival responses Mm. because when we say thank you to them they take a a seat back being like you're yeah, welcome. Totally. Because I did a good job. Thank you for telling me I was a good person. <laughs> I'm a good little one. Thank you. Like, thank you for giving me that praise. And then we can say, okay, so what's here? Like, what is this sensation that I do want to seek? And how do I want to mm. seek it? How do I want to set myself up for that success? And is yeah. this a sensation only for me or is this a sensation to be shared? Mm. Um, yeah. You know? Totally. And I think it is, especially when we're talking about sex, I think we we tend to talk about it so much in terms of like a a partnered experience. Yeah, totally. And I think it's so important, like as each of us are like, you know, going on, you know, our like pleasure journey, healing journey, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That is that we're, that we are doing it for ourselves as well. Like it doesn't only have to be, in the in relationship to other people like we need there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in terms of um you know how we engage with other people mm-hmm. especially around pleasure and sex um and it's god it's so fucking empowering to take ownership over your own pleasure and to be like i be like the conductor this of it i like yeah. this and i'm gonna give it to myself mm-hmm. because i love me because then we can also expect that if I'm willing to give it to myself, then there's a possibility that if I want it to be given yes. to me by somebody else, my body already knows that it's going to get it. Totally. And it knows how to receive. And this, and so this yeah. helps us to communicate better with partners, too, when we know what we like because we've explored it for ourselves. Yeah. And then we can be like, okay, so I like this and mm-hmm. I like this mm-hmm. and I like this and I don't like this. No, thanks. <laughs> but if we don't know those things about ourselves, then we can't communicate them. Mm-hmm. And then there's the beautiful multiplication process of like, there's things you'll never feel by yourself because you can only feel it with another person. So like, totally, you know, get to know yourself in all the contexts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we be showing each other stuff in relationship. (laughs) Do you know you could try this? You know, you could try that. Yeah, totally, totally. (laughs) Try it this way. You might like it like that. Yeah. And or also like exploring with a partner something that neither of you have done before. You're like, whoa, our bodies can do that. What the fuck? 
That felt uh, great. That felt great. Oh, man. Oh, I'm having such a movie reel of those moments. This is a lovely experience inside. Welcome on to the Morgan Vanderpool movie theater. <laughs> Wish you could see this. It's great. Oh, I love that. I love that. But this, like, you know, we're talking about, like, the the question of, like, being fully alive. Mm. Like, you know, like, we access pleasure when we invest in our aliveness. Ooh. And, like, um, you cool if I go into the adrenaline talk? Go for it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, particularly in contexts, uh, well, let's just be real, like, living on this planet right now, most of us understand we are alive because of our relationship with adrenaline. So adrenaline is our neurochemical that is produced under any state of stress um, and any state of possible threat, um, whether it's an ideated, something that we are thinking about that could go wrong or something that is going wrong or is like putting our, our uh, selfhood or our bodyhood um, under threat. Those mm. exist all the time. We're living in a time of climate collapse. So that plus anything else that might put you at risk. So our bodies are used to getting feedback on I exist by getting that like increase in heart rate, increase in body temperature, like the, a little bit of muscle tension, those biofeedback moments are like a lot, particularly for those of us that carry like a high density of survivorship in our body. Mm. Um, we have typically equated our aliveness with the sensation of adrenaline. And so we can, this is kind of where like folks can get a little bit, mm. you know, habituated. I don't want to say addicted. Some people would say addicted, mm. but I'm just going to say habituated to mm. adrenaline being the thing that lets you know you're like Ooh. existing. Wow. Yeah. Now we could go off to any of the health complications that come along with the impacts of adrenaline. And I think that we could probably go there. Read the book Inflamed, y'all. If you haven't yet, it talks about the like global implications of us running on adrenaline as a type of fuel because it's really only supposed to be a short acting neurochemical, but we're running on it long term. And what's the consequences of that for our tissues? and our relationships with Mother Earth. It's a hot take. It's really, really good. So, but the switch, like when we're doing our restoration in our body, so when we're taking our body from its typical pattern of feedback around adrenaline, and we're saying, hey, what does it mean to move towards pleasure? What does it mean to move towards aliveness that is not associated only with surviving? Um, that means we're taking the kind of fuel we're used to running on, and we're learning. And you know, cortisol runs along with adrenaline, and it has its own impacts. But cortisol is a little harder to feel, so we typically orient as far as like instantaneous feedback. We orient towards adrenaline's impact. To switch away from that, we are practicing running on the fuel of things like serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin as some of like the top three. Cannabinoids also like roll in there. Endorphins roll in there. But when we're doing things that we feel safe enough to enjoy, and that enjoyment might turn into something like pleasure, we're inviting in the opportunity of now drinking this like renewed cocktail of these other neurochemicals that are going to feel foreign. Mm -hmm. Anytime our body feels something as foreign, we typically have a moment of dissonance of like, oh, that's not safe enough. Mm. Like, uh, -uh that's new. I don't know that. That doesn't feel okay. Um, and we do have to rehabituate our bodies to like the rhythms of those alternate neurochemicals that are the ones that are going to be produced when we feel safe enough. Mm. And that opting in process and opting out of prioritizing adrenaline and opting into prioritizing things that move a little slower, um, but the biofeedback is a little subtler. It's kind of a softer sensation. Mm. It's almost the absence of the like vroom of adrenaline. And it's this like small, you know, softer, smoother kind of current of existence. 
Mm. Um, that for a lot of folks will feel like emptiness when you first start to feel it because adrenaline's so loud. Yeah. Um, or so full. If we were going to go full empty, but like loud, quiet. These other ones are a little bit quieter, but once you get into them, they are rich. It's like richly melodic. It's like going from like a really like a loud EDM concert and that, <laughs> that's your only qualification for what music is. And then you go into like all these other types of music that you can listen to on different volumes and be able to be like, oh, what was that sound? Oh, What was that beat? What did they just drop? Uh, I love this metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's that's really working for me. I'm hoping so. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe hoping laughs> As a very musical person, I'm just like, yeah, I can imagine EDM. Yeah. And that just dope sometimes. 100%. <laughs> and so adrenaline is great because it also lets us know that things are important. Right. So it's not only present during like negative stress. It's there also during positive stress. Right. So like if you're going to go out there and like play the fucking best game of your life in any support sport or competition that you're involving yourself in, you're going to yeah. sit down to like take like an exam for something that values that you value you a lot you're going to give a speech to people you care about adrenaline's going to be on board yeah like and I, and I think it can come up in the context of sex too 100 percent, right and right and when we equate that mm-hmm. with like the end all be all of what like a sexual encounter is supposed to be or what a pleasure mm-hmm. experience is supposed to be um that can get that that's where it can get dangerous and it's tricky too because like if you know, especially when we're like bridging the the access to pleasure by being able to say, so what's our re- like relationship with any sort of like sexual harm that we've experienced? Mm-hmm. So if we're seeking sexual pleasure and we've, we, you know, we, imbo- we have embodied sexual harm and all of us have to varying degrees by the contexts that we live mm-hmm. in. Yeah. We are also like starting to tease apart pleasure having been equated to fear and mm-hmm. risk to our body and things not being okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that teasing apart proce- process means that a lot of folks will really need to focus on having sexual experiences that don't have adrenaline tied into it mm-hmm. because adrenaline will be a, a shutdown chemical for their body because mm. feeling that level of adrenaline will mean like I'm not okay. Right. And that's an interesting thing of like you might have to pull away from sexual experiences that have a little bit more adrenaline involved. Mm-hmm practice having them and then like move back towards you being able to opt into the type of adrenaline and the sources of adrenaline that feel Mm -hmm. good to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's always like an adjustment, right? Or some folks will, because they've experienced sex through high adrenaline experiences, will only want sex through high adrenaline experiences. Right. Um, And so respecting the whole spectrum of like, what does it mean for us to like own? And I don't necessarily want to say own because that's kind of interesting. I don't want to do that. Um, But like, embody and fully like take like responsibility for our pleasure yeah like it's getting to choose like really noticing I am Mm. choosing this yeah I am absolutely purposely choosing it and we may choose things that are really proximal to the types of sexual harm that we've experienced but the thing that is part of the reclamation and the liberation in that moment is the choice Mm. not the thing you're choosing yeah but it's the choice yeah and so I want to I want to touch on kink and BDSM here for a second. Bring it because um, I think one so, some of what we're talking about, um, and I I just want to like name that there is a lot of like complexity and nuance around um, our relationships with sex and our experiences with sexual violence, um, consent being the mm-hmm. like main piece here is like 
you know, were the people and did the people involved like have consent? And there we're we're gonna get into and a lot of those conversations. Yeah. Um, and like so, kink and BDSM r- requires a, a a high and detailed level of consent for, um, you know, certain actions, certain um, um, situations, um, and the 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 relationship between pleasure and pain, I think, is just something that's so interesting mm-hmm. and potent for us to talk about in when we're talking about sex and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some people, those two things are are not going to mix. Like if there's pain involved, that's going to like shut them down. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not what their nervous system like wants or needs. And there are some people for which pain <laughs> Morgan raises their hand and smiles it <laughs> me there are some people for whom like pain and pleasure uh have a little bit more of a reciprocal relationship mm. and pain is pleasurable and then you know and then there's also like power da- dynamics on top of this so there's lots of things that we can talk about when we talk about kink and BDSM but um for me I will say I definitely personally experience a really juicy, juicy connection between pain and pleasure. Um, We're in good company. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> this sideways smile on Vex's face right now is so good. <laughs> the slight lowering of the eyelids and the sideways glance. Ooh, and they got to shift a little. Like, <laughs> open it up a little. Air it out. Air it out a little. <laughs> Getting, getting warm in here, y'all. <laughs> um, so, and I guess when we talk about, you know, the erotic as opening ourselves up to a depth of feeling that mm-hmm. includes pleasure and includes pain as feelings and then as emotions, joy and maybe grief, maybe anger, maybe lots of other things. Um, So there's both like the sensations that are happening in our body and like what we, you know, choose to label those as like good, bad. I like this. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, And then like the emotions that, come along with this like I like this and it's making me happy or like this is painful and it's making me happy Uh (laughs) or this is painful and I don't like it (laughs) and all the unexpected things in between exactly (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about queering our pleasure <laughs> I just gotta zing through my whole fucking body. Oh my god, you're so adorable. What 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 does this bring up? Oh my gosh, um, I think it's bringing up that like, um, I've delighted in bodies my whole life. Like I've you know gotten the opportunity to thankfully be part of a family that like moved together so like we like danced together like I was in spaces where there was bodies moving around me all the time and I would just stare 
My mom gets so mad at me. She's like, stop staring, Morgan. <laughs> um, and, like, I think part of the uh, way that I have, like, become more intimately in, you know, in relationship with my queerness is, like, taking stock of, like, those times throughout my lifetime that I have been taking in all bodies from a place of eroticism. Mm. That I think what I was being told not to show, because I'm fucking autistic, I have no poker face, um, that I was just, like, being turned on all the time around <laughs> my mom. And she's like, honey, like, not in public. But she wasn't using those words. I'm like, literally, because as a queer kid getting to watch Jazzercise every motherfucking, like, three days that my mom would go to, my mom was a door lady in thong leotards in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> fuck me <laughs> like and it's also the whole thing being like you know am I admiring them because I want to be them someday because look how strong they are look how mm-hmm. athletic they are look how sexy they are or is it like I want them and like not the being able to have is yes and the answer is both <laughs> it's all the things um and so like you know getting to the place where my body doesn't have to retract back out of like I'm not allowed to do that every time I've come up against that like it's just like so delightful Mm. And, like, what's coming up for me is, like, you know, giving myself the permission to both feel, like, my chest and somebody else's chest that also has breasts as something that I'm allowed to feel as erotic. Mm. Like, not just for my own pleasure, but for giving pleasure to another person that has breasts. Like, you know, and whatever they might need to call them for their own body. But, like, Mm -hmm. and then, like, also reacquainting myself with chests across all bodies and treating them all as beautifully erotic and not just hyper-focusing on boobies. But boobies are great. Boobies are great. We love them. (sighs) yeah I love my travel size version you know as a trans person they're great they just lay flat when I need them to but they're there when I want to play so convenient (laughs) (laughs) and I admire folks that got more than me (laughs) yeah I am a non-binary person who loves my fucking titties Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so there's just like you know there's like a movie reel of all the times in which I've given my body the permission to do movements that like you know have been shut off is something that's coming to mind for me and like um you know yeah just like our bodies are so fucking capable and getting to like notice the nuances of all of the like textures and the sounds and like Mm -hmm. giving myself permission to delight in the sounds of somebody else's body and like the you know permission for me to be involved with other folks that have vaginas and being able to like delight into being involved at the same time like Mm. that just blew my mind when I got to be (laughs) able to do that in my life like and my whole world busted open yeah like queerness took up so much more space than I was maybe ready for at that time because my whole world got blown apart but it was awesome (laughs) um and that came from me becoming more and more fully alive. Like I had to bust out of the former container of my body, the former container of my life. Like mm. I'm just yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so freaking good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ah. Bodies are great. Bodies are wonderful. Bodies are so beautiful. Bodies are wonderful. Yeah. You know, and doing, the, and doing the deconstruction for allowing for the whole space of my queerness, like, you know, as I, quote unquote, came out as queer, like, there's this, like, desire or almost, like, this forced behavior of having to, like, reject folks with penises if you, like, come mm. out as, like, close to anything lesbian-esque. Um, and being like, nah, bro, I'm pansexual. Like all bodies are fucking incredible. Like I want to be in line with that person's soul and that person's body. And I'm not going to have any 
Yeah. But the first few times that I partnered with folks with vaginas, there was this like, like vehement outing mm-hmm. of like, we must out the penis. Mm. <laughs> and like, and I tried Which for I, allegiance. Oof, yeah. And I think like if you, this is just, I don't know, turf just came up for me, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trans exclusionary radical mm-hmm. feminist, which I have discovered the internet has a new name. Oh, it's so good. For. It's, it's so good. Fart. It's fart. <laughs> Wait, yep. fuck. What, is it, what does it stand for again? It's like, oh, uh, feminist appropriating radical transphobes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> feminist appropriate radical transphobes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, there's so, oh gosh, there's so much to unpack here about body parts and body inclusion, body inclusion and like, and the, yeah. So like the, the, the scripts and where it gets dangerous for us to, um, essentialize systems of oppression into body parts. Oh dear God. (laughs) Like penises are oppression and vaginas are liberty. No, 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 let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's what we're not going to do That's today. That's what we're not going to do today. Uh, we're opting out of that. <laughs> oh. um, funny, funny story. I was at a party the other the other day, and my friends have you know, like this like beautiful like glass uh, door and um, or window in their door, and um, it was all fogged up, you know, because we were like partying and like dancing, and, like so it was all steamed up, and. Um, of course, I because, you know, I'm a fucking teenage boy as I drew a dick on the window <laughs> <laughs> and then drew like a heart right on top of it. Yes! <laughs> um, um, and also like my friends who live there are like gay men. And so it, was just, it wasn't like a hey, I drew a dick on his like, hey, look at I me. love you. And then like and then someone came up and like right under the penis, like drew a vulva. Love. And and then I put like a little asshole. Like, right yeah. At the bottom. And honestly, we were like, yo, this is the future that trans people want. Like, yes. we just want all the body parts. We all... And I was like, I mean, we do. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're out there having like just every genitalia, like you're a god esque person. <laughs> Cheers. No hierarchy of holes. No. No, I do. Yeah. How are you querying your pleasure, my friend? Mm-hmm. Or how have you? So yeah, I want to, I want to, I guess, go kind of in a somewhat unexpected direction, which is um, one of the ways that I am feel like I'm queering my pleasure right now is um, doing a spell of intentional celibacy. Cool. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I didn't think was actually like even an option for me because for a lot of my life, I've been a very sensual and sexual person. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, a lot that I look forward to diving into around my relationship to those things um, on this podcast. And um, I'm in a place in my life in which like it's really important for me to prioritize my own pleasure and like 
um, feel like I'm able to meet my own needs. Um, and not just in terms of pleasure, definitely in terms of like how I'm caring for myself. Yeah. But I've, while I've experienced like times of being single, I like, it feels different to like intentionally like choose myself and like kind of be in this moment of like, I'm choosing to like date myself. I am choosing to mm. like prioritize my pleasure and filling my cup mm -hmm. so that like when I'm ready to like open myself up again to partners, I feel like it can come from a place of me really knowing myself and really like trust trusting me to be able to say yes to what I want and not just say yes to what another person wants because mm. I feel like that has been mm -hmm. um, a story or a script for me not just in the realm of sex but um, it definitely has come up there like I feel like in general I'm a person that's just like pretty down <laughs> for a lot of things <laughs> and sometimes I get overwhelmed by decisions <laughs> And so I'm just like, I don't know, whatever you want to do, you know, I'll, I'll go with the flow. And um, doing that exclusively, like always letting the other person like guide, guide. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like disconnects me from what, from getting clear on what I want. Yeah. Um, and also recognizing that like I can... I can have different needs met by different people, um, which is just in general a true thing. But then also when we're talking about relationships and like ethical non-monogamy and polyamory, like it's okay for me to have this kind of sexual relationship with this person that meets this particular need this kind mm -hmm. of sexual relationship mm -hmm. with this person that mm -hmm. maybe needs this particular need this kind of erotic relationship that's maybe platonic but Ooh. uh we're so blessed by those oh my gosh oh <laughs> that oh yes and so I think that allows me like I'm allowing myself like space to play with that too is like when we're talking about the the erotic, you know, is like that you can have erotic relationships without having sex. Yep. And that you can have erotic experiences without having sex. Yep. Um, you can have pleasurable experiences oh, yes. without having sex. Like, duh, you can have me and have you like eaten food. <laughs> like, yeah. it's great. <laughs> she watched the so sun go down pleasure. last night. <laughs> um, yeah. So that brings up a whole nother level of like, I think, feel like platonic intimacy and platonic eroticism is queer as fuck. We're so blessed. We're really blessed. We We're have a, so blessed. Yeah. And I say we as queer, queer folks because, like, by, once you say nah to, like, the prominent dogma of, like, how relationships are supposed to go, like, you have full free playing field. Yeah. And the variety of connections that I've gotten to witness in our queer community and queer and trans community, like, it's, like, expansive as fuck. Hell yeah. And, like, do not put me in a motherfucking box. <laughs> absolutely yeah I feel like within the queer community when we talk and, and then when we like if we do bring in sex you know like sex with friends is so much like I don't know less of a 
I, I don't know. It can get complicated, but <laughs> it, has a, it has a different connotation in queer communities than I think it does in like like cis straight monogamous. Oh, yeah, for real. There, you know, where it's just like men and women can't be friends. They only want one thing. <laughs> and oh, queer people wow. are like, I like you. You're hot. And like they may or may not ever fuck. But if they do, that doesn't have to like define the relationship. <laughs> it can just be like, hey, mm-hmm. we're two friends like exploring fun together and that can be okay yep that's really lovely (laughs) yeah yay yeah but having an awareness of um yeah how you access pleasure and and it is perfectly fine to only seek sexual pleasure within the context of a monogamous relationship not gonna like you know shame anyone no no said straight shaming you know like if it's working for you then great but like is it (laughs) as long as this works for you pick what works for you as long as it works for you not trying to yuck your yum um uh but yeah i think um it's just a really beautiful thing for us to be able to explore pleasure on our own terms Mm-hmm. Um, so that because when we share that with another person when we share our joy mm-hmm. and pleasure with another person then or people mm. it just it just multiplies exponentially oh, it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and I just I want that for us mm-hmm yeah. So, you know, all the power to the pursuit of the pleasure that brings you your sense of aliveness. Mm. Yes. All the power to the pursuit of pleasure that brings you into your aliveness. Like, that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we've done we've done what we came here for. Yeah. I wanna um maybe end with a little should we end with a song? Oh please. What yeah. you got? Um I wanna share a song that I caught um around getting out of my head and into my body. Because I, the 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 body is where we feel things. It's where sensations. our pleasure receptors are. I mean, they're also in our brains because they're, as we have established, they're not separate. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like a it's like a little a sexy little tune for getting into into your body. Yeah. So out of my head into my body out of my head into my body out of my head into my body out of my head get out of my head get into my body get out of my get into my yeah get out of my head get into my body Get out of my, 
get into my yeah and so you should get out of your head get into your body get out of your get, get into, into your, your yeah <laughs> 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 oh, oh man yeah may that may that little little jewel help you get into your body your yes your fuck yes exploring that mm. until next time so much love y'all what does it mean to queer our healing endless possibilities what does it mean to queer our healing letting wild nature your questions come with your magic come 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 thanks for listening to queerly forward this podcast has been recorded and produced in collaboration with on purpose recordings if you have questions requests for topics or feedback about the show reach for us via email at queerlyforwardpod at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on instagram at queerlyforward Take Take care care out out there, there, queers. queers.